0: This episode of Pod Cemetery is brought to you by Gupta's Pond Place in Las Vegas. The Pond Place. It's the only way to shop.
1: Under the olive cover with the steamboats itchy goblins and wow and nose. Come at the grand line, making a sound. The smell of death. Is
0: Hello, my name is Chris.
2: My name is Kelsey.
0: And this is Pod Cemetery, where we dissect horror movies like the rotting corpses that they are. And it's St. Patrick's Week on Pod Cemetery with 1995's Leprechaun 3 as our classic film. We're continuing that franchise. And 2009's Wakewood, which is an Irish horror film. But before we get to the movies, Kelsey, how do we start the show?
2: Horror trivia.
0: Give me what you got.
2: Name three horror movies that feature insects or bugs. Bug? Would we count that?
0: Maybe. Um,
2: <laughs> there are no bugs.
0: Says you. We don't see any bugs. I <laughs> <laughs> don't. We see what she sees. Ever? I don't remember. Never. Okay. I might. Jeez. I,
2: there are. There are like. Scene changes that use bugs. But I don't think that you're yeah, supposed to okay, think those fine, are really there.
0: Fine. Um okay. There's the fly. And that takes out that entire franchise. <laughs> as we've discussed in the past. There's the Dario Argento one with Jennifer Connolly. What's that one called?
2: I know it is called.
0: <laughs> but you're not gonna tell me? No. I hate you,
2: uh,
0: because I will never get it. Um, how many people are yelling at their audio devices right now? <laughs> Think
2: about all the ones that we've seen.
0: We haven't seen a lot that feature bugs.
2: I guess it depends on what your definition is of the word bug.
0: Like for whatever reason, my mind goes immediately to Men in Black. And, I mean, I think there's an argument to be made that it could fall under horror, but I'm not going to push it here.
2: I think it's a horror. I think it's a comedy horror.
0: Then I'll say Men in Black, then. Okay. There's all the fucking cockroaches.
2: Uh Uh-huh. There's tons of bugs.
0: And I'm trying to think of a movie where, like, an evil demon carries around, like, bugs on them all the time.
2: I can think of one right away when you put it that way.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Like, I I have the image in my head. And I can't put a title to it. I'm just gonna have to give up. What? What's the two things that I named? What were they? The Jennifer Connelly, Dario Argento movie.
2: It's called Phenomena.
0: Phenomena. Okay. And the one where evil demon dude has bugs around him all the time.
2: You're talking about the candy Oh,
0: pen? oh. Well, okay. This doesn't really count. But I think the thing that I was thinking of was
2: Nightmare for Christmas.
0: Constantine. Oh. It does feature them, I guess.
2: <laughs> I came up with that on my own. <laughs> so ha ha ha.
0: Mm-hmm. There's three.
2: So the card says "Creep Show."
0: Oh fuck yes.
2: The mist. I get yeah okay yeah. And mimic.
0: Oh, we haven't done mimic on the show yet.
2: Nope.
0: Yep, we were. We just did.
2: But lots of people have. I wanted Peak. us to see
0: it. Yeah. All right, Kelsey. Leprechaun 3 has a subtitle. In some other regions, it was actually released with this title. What is that? If you had to guess what this movie could be called Leprechaun in Vegas? Yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> Look at that. I don't know where you would have gotten that from. It's such a lazy title. Just Leprechaun in Vegas. At least Space is novel. At least <laughs> Leprechaun the hood. Space. The hood which is coming up in like two more. I think I think there's Next four. Next one is
2: Space and then space I think it's Space yeah,
0: he goes to Space before he goes to the hood. So disappointed. I can't wait for that one. <laughs> I want to see Ice tea in a horror movie. <laughs> All right, Kelsey, that brings us right into our first movie, 1995's Leprechaun 3, directed by Brian Trenchard Smith, written by David Dubois, based on characters created by Mark Jones, starring Warwick Davis, John Gattens, Lee Armstrong, and John Demita. Lee Armstrong, who played Tammy, apparently stopped acting after this. What is Leprechaun 3 about? <laughs> Tell the whole plot right now (laughs) in like one sentence.
2: Without any explanation, but I guess there was no explanation in the last one. I guess. As to how he got trapped in a tree. Uh huh. Now he's trapped by a medallion. Uh huh. uh, And he's brought into a pawn shop, and the pawn shop owner lets him free. And he's in Vegas, and he runs amok, and
0: there's a- a, A a Amok, 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 amok.
2: Yes, and there's a loser running around losing his money. Yep. And then his luck will change. I'm so
0: close. It's exactly what you think it is. (laughs) Uh, The movie is available with- uh, Peacock, actually, if you're okay with watching ads, and let me tell you, in this case, you are. It's available to rent for $4 on most services, but $3 on Redbox. You can buy it for only $5 on most services or $4 on Microsoft's marketplace. Should people watch Leprechaun 3? No. No.
2: There is absolutely no reason to watch this movie. Some
0: people say this is the best one, including Warwick Davis. He says it's his favorite, but a lot of the reason why he says it's his favorite is because the director, Brian Trenchard Smith, could apparently stretch a buck. He was impressed with how much he could do with so little money, and he thought the comedy was spot on. This is when it becomes, like, unabashedly a silly movie. This is the turning point in the franchise. A lot of these franchises have it. They go on long enough to where they're just comedy and spots. You know, and that's all it is. Uh, and this is that moment for this franchise. I can see why people would like it. If the idea of the Leprechaun franchise intrigues you, this is the first one that's totally camp, I would say.
2: It's bad. I I mean, like <laughs> I get I get that people think it's funny. There are funny moments smattering of laughter here and there. Mm-hmm. But it's it's crap. Is bad.
0: Yeah, the term heat-seeking moisture missile is used to refer to genitalia in this movie. You want my heat-seeking moisture Uh, missile, don't you? That's the level of humor we're talking about here.
2: (laughs) So guys, if anybody out there is sick of hearing about the Leprechaun franchise and would like a year off, please try... And help me persuade Chris to believe that Darby O'Gill and the Little People no! should be considered a horror movie. Because I don't know about you guys, but the Banshees scared the shit out of
0: me.
1: That's also, really it's
2: a very scary idea to be stuck inside of fairyland.
0: It's Sean Connery singing happy songs in an accent that is not his own. <laughs>
2: If anybody out there would like a year off, please help me uh, get Chris to believe that it's a
0: horror movie. It's 100% not a horror movie. It has horror moments. And I know we stretch our definition of horror movie sometimes, but it's usually for things that are generally creepy or have horrifying moments peppered throughout. This has a single character, the banshee, which (laughs) is kind of
2: scary. For kids, she's very scary.
0: Still, one moment in an otherwise very jovial movie where all the leprechauns do is just have fun and play pranks.
2: He also gives up his life for his donner.
0: I don't even remember that. It sounds like a dramatic moment, though.
2: But it's scary. He has to get into the carriage. I, I remember it being scary when I was a kid.
0: Sure. The Wizard of Oz was scary to me when I was a kid. I wouldn't call it a horror movie. And The Wizard of Oz has more terrifying moments in it. Hmm. I'm just saying. Do you want us to cover The Wizard of Oz, too?
2: If it means we get to do Return to Oz.
0: Return to Oz, legitimately, I would be okay with. I don't think we need to watch the first one to watch Return to Oz.
2: You don't think so?
0: No, I think we can totally watch Return to Oz. That movie has plenty of terrifying moments in it. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Our advice is to not watch Leprechaun 3. If that is your sort of thing, then you already know it is, and you don't need us to give you any advice. You can take our advice, or you can leave it. When we get back, we will talk about 1995's Leprechaun 3. Las Vegas, a gambler's dream, and
3: a dreamer's paradise. They're all about to meet their worst nightmare.
1: Look out, Vegas. I'm taking over!
3: Now, the leprechaun's back in the city that never sleeps.
1: <laughs> and he will never rest
3: until he reclaims his pot of gold. It
1: belongs to me, this gold I smell. Whoever's got it's going to hell. I want me shilling. Hello? <laughs> If we destroy
2: the gold, we get rid of the Leprechaun once and for all.
0: Leprechaun
3: 3, the third time's the charm. All
0: right, Kelsey, get us started. How does Leprechaun 3 begin?
2: Down Down at at the
0: pawn pawn shop. shop. (laughs) Wow.
2: I wish I could remember more
0: of the lyrics. Down here at the pawn shop.
2: (laughs) There's a pawn shop in Vegas. And this guy
0: Red, run by an awful stereotype.
2: Yes, of an Indian man. Yes, and this guy comes in and he was all beat up. He's like missing an arm and he's got an, a a leg and a he's missing an, an arm and a leg. And I think the joke is supposed to be Vegas cost him a leg and an arm and a leg.
0: No, the joke is I didn't know he was missing a leg. I just saw that he was using a crutch. He's missing a hand and he has an eye patch. At one point, he says that the statue of the leprechaun that he brought in is a good luck charm. That's yes. the joke.
2: I know that, but I also think you'll have to look at it when you edit it. But I think he's missing an arm and a leg. And I think the joke is supposed to be that either the leprechaun or the or Vegas has cost him an arm and a leg.
0: But either way... It's not surprising that they are in Vegas, what with the luck of the Irish being a running theme with leprechaun and the bad luck of Vegas, you know, of course these things are related. Yeah,
2: he gives him the statue of the leprechaun and it has the medallion on it and the guy starts to go for the medallion and this the man selling it to him tells him, do not touch the medallion. You don't want to touch it. Yeah. And he sells it for, to him for, like, what, 20 bucks?
0: Something like that, yeah. And the guy leaves, and we never see him again. Nope. We never get an explanation of what happened with him.
2: But again, I don't think we got any explanation as to why he was in a tree last time. Right. I don't
0: think there's supposed to be one. I think it's just funny that we're, we're seeing the end result of this man's dealings with the leprechaun.
2: Yes. And, of course, the pawn shop owner takes the medallion. Which, I guess, releases the leprechaun. I guess that's his, you know, that's the tree this time. Yeah. When the pawn shop owner comes back in, the statue is now missing and there's now a pot of gold. So, of course, he takes the gold.
0: He takes one piece.
2: Which causes the leprechaun to go after him and make a racist joke.
0: Oh, my God. This is the kind of humor that Warwick Davis was talking about how much he appreciated. I like Indian food so spicy. Yeah. Oof. Yep. Hey, man, it was the 90s. He also I grew stops up
2: there. <laughs> and says, I appreciate a good pair of shoes.
0: Yeah. Hey, hey, they're bringing it back, Kelsey. I appreciated that.
2: <laughs> I
0: appreciated
2: that. Of course, it never comes back up again. Right,
0: but they forgot about that in part two. <laughs>
2: yes. Uh, and so he stopped by the shoes, and that gives the pawn shop owner enough time to grab the medallion. And I don't think he realizes that it scares the guy, Warwick Davis, but Warwick Davis is afraid of it. And the pawn shop owner kind of recognizes that, but then later forgets, I guess. Yeah. And I, this is where I wrote, in the first scene, guys, Oh, good God, the writing, the acting, the direction.
0: Yeah, we should probably point out here that the Leprechaun spends most of his dialogue in rhyming couplets and quatrains. Uh, not all of it, though. Just randomly, he won't rhyme sometimes. So that's interesting. I mean, they yes, he would rhyme occasionally in the first two, but now it's almost Almost exclusively. And when they couldn't figure out a rhyme to do, they just had him talk normally. <laughs>
2: and those are the most disappointing moments.
0: Yeah. It's like, what? you couldn't find a rhyme there? Yeah. You make the worst things rhyme in this movie. Yeah. You it, make the biggest stretches for rhymes.
2: It just, it feels so blatantly lazy. Yeah. And it's just like, again, if the movie doesn't care, why should I? Yeah. I mean, this went straight to video. It I did. get it. did. It was the
0: first one that went straight to video.
2: I get that, but why even make it a movie then, man? Yeah. And I randomly love that the pawn shop owner just happens to have a CD- about folklores and legends?
0: Yeah. I was, at first, I didn't see what was on the CD, and he put a CD in, and then he was, like, researching something. And I'm like, oh, my God, Encarta 95. No. It just brought me back.
2: <laughs> no, he just happens to have a yeah. CD dedicated to folklore and legends.
0: With and the worst f- user interface in the entire world. It had but, several folklores and legends, and then he had to hand-type in leprechaun.
2: But you would not believe how much information it has. The whole
0: thing is told to you in narration, with animation, and you can't read any <laughs> of it.
1: G'day to ya. The names O'Reilly, and I'm here to tell you about leprechauns. Legend hath it that they were once magical elves in ancient times, or became obsessed with riches and gold
0: it just hours. goes and goes and goes. Hours and hours
2: <laughs> worth of information on leprechauns. And it just so happens that people get there right when the perfect line of yes. information uh-huh. is handed to them. That is... I love how terrible it is. Yeah.
0: Uh-huh. There is a charm in that, I yes. would
2: say. It's really irritating because the medallion, people forget the medallion works when it's yep. better for the story that they don't know that it works and they remember that it works when it works for the story and it's it's very frustrating this the the writing in this is so fucking lazy mm-hmm. who wrote this have
0: they written anything good David DeBoss and no
2: <laughs> has he written anything
0: yes this was his third writing credit and i mean spy school <laughs> It's one of those where in his known for section on IMDb, there's a movie that doesn't even have a, a poster image. Oh, no. Butterfly and the Typewriter. Oh. Which is in pre-production. Maybe that's why.
1: Oh.
2: Well, he should not be ma- making movies. Yeah. I feel. Anyway. Meanwhile, all this stuff is going on with the pawn shop owner. And we keep getting back and forth between them, and we'll come back to them, and our other main two characters.
0: Yes, Tammy and Scott, played by Lee Armstrong and John Gattens, respectively. I wrote down at one point in my notes, there is so much of this side story. There's been one death, and we're halfway through the movie. Like, almost exactly halfway through the movie, I wrote that note. And there was only one death by then. Mm -hmm. We just get a lot of these two.
2: Yes, Let's just really quickly explain who these two people are. First of all, I would like to say that it's... I, I, I'm just going to say that I think the girl is fine. She's
0: great? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I wouldn't say great necessarily, but yeah. I, I think didn't think perfectly she did a bad job. Reasonable. No, yeah. So
2: the idea that she would stop acting kind of sucks. It's kind of a bummer, yeah. But I don't know, maybe she had a horrible experience in this film. Or she
0: just didn't want to do it anymore.
2: Maybe. But oh dear God. Scott. He is... Okay, I understand that he's doing it on purpose, because in the second half of the film, he will completely change his character, which proves to me that he does at least have some acting in him. Uh Uh-huh. But this is unbearable. His sickening, sweet, idiot, from middle of nowhere thing is unbearable.
0: He is also a writer. (laughs) He wrote... Real Steel Flight, the Denzel Washington movie. Oh. He wrote Kong Skull Island.
3: Oh. Need
0: for Speed. Mm. <laughs> uh, Power Rangers. Oh. Which you know, you know is a bummer that that, that franchise is not gonna get a second. That's
2: chance. three movies mm-hmm. that I don't care what you guys think. I liked them.
0: Uh Real Steel 2 and Aladdin 2, he's also the screenwriter on. Wait. Okay. They're making a sequel he to did- <laughs> Real Steel.
2: <laughs> he did 3 good movies that I like that for some reason a lot of people didn't like and I don't understand why. <laughs> but he did a movie I've never even heard of and that's the one that's getting a sequel?
0: You've never heard of Real Steel? Is that a joke? It's Hugh Jackman and he's like he's like the um What? He's like the coach character for a robot boxer. And you know that that robot boxing movie? Yeah. I I
2: remember trailers. Yeah. That did not look like anything I wanted to see. So Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Oh my. Okay. Well, but But he's he's doing
0: stuff in the industry right now. Good for him. Uh
2: Good for him. (laughs) And like I said, it's I know that he has acting in him because in the second half he's fun when he turns into a leprechaun.
0: Yes. He's just as cliche as Warwick Davis is, but
2: he's fun. You know? He's fun. But in the beginning, he's just so awful. He's just, he's a kid from nowhere who's got money for college. He decides to stop in Vegas for a
0: good time. Do you you remember how much money he got for his tuition and board?
2: $23,000. $23,000
0: for tuition and board. Weren't the 90s great?
2: Yeah, the 90s, I guess. I don't know. Especially in California, because he's headed to California. Oh, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And he stops to help Tammy out. And Tammy works at the Lucky Shamrock. Because <laughs> why not? And uh, she is a magician's assistant. And like but she I wants said, to be a
0: magician herself. And they didn't do nearly enough with that.
2: Yeah, they, she they didn't, did. She didn't like practically disappear nothing. anything or yeah, like they, they
0: had an opportunity that they did not take.
2: Mm-hmm. They could have had her doing magic the whole time and it could yep. have been great. But they didn't. Yep. Missed opportunity. And like I said, she's fine. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with her performance, even when she's being ridiculous and fulfilling a disgusting asshole's wish. Yeah. I thought she did a fine job. Uh Uh-huh. And I appreciated the way the movie handled that scene and made it so that she never actually hooked up with him. Yeah. I thought that was kind of fun, the way they did that. Mm -hmm. Because I was ready to be disgusted. I was ready to be mad. Mm-hmm. And it was fun the way they handled it. Anyway, so that's them. We'll come back to them. Their story is boring as shit. They like each other. She tells him not to go and bet, and he will. And We'll talk about them later.
0: She works for Fazio.
2: <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> Who is kind of great.
2: Fazio is <laughs> one of the better parts of the film.
0: Because he's so absurd. But in a fun way
2: Yes Very much so Also If anybody's a Naruto fan He Oh he's a
0: voice in Naruto He's a
2: voice in Naruto That like Is in every single version of Naruto
0: He's also in Princess Mononoke I think he played Vampire Hunter D In one of the Vampire Hunter D movies Yeah Yeah he's a voice actor He's a voice actor
2: And it's easy to see why Easy to Hear one Dang <laughs> it
0: Yes, you can. You can absolutely listen to him and go, oh, that's a voice actor. I told you, you will address me as great one. off stage
1: and on.
2: You're a magician, not the Pope.
1: I am your teacher. You will show me respect.
2: So back to back at the pawn shop. It's a winter winter shop. The owner. Gupta. Gupta. We hear on the computer that for every leprechaun's gold shilling that you have on your person... You can have a wish. Yes. Now, the weird thing about the wishes, and this is annoying because it's, again, it's just when it works for the plot and when it doesn't. Uh Uh-huh. Is it's supposed to be that when you have the gold coin, your wish comes true. If anyone takes the gold coin away from you, your wish stops being true.
0: Well, it's not so much that it stops being true, but it stops happening, I think, is is what's going on here. Because... For instance, Loretta gets her wish, she loses the gold coin and she stays that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott gets his wish, he gets all that money, and he keeps it, even though he loses the gold coin. It's, if it's in the process of being fulfilled, then you lose the gold coin, it stops being fulfilled.
2: Those are some major semantics within I, the leprechaun I magic.
0: Ag- I agree. <laughs> I don't think it thought about it very much, but. No, I, they
2: did not. That
0: seems to be the case because when Mitch tries to get his wish, as soon as he loses the coin, he doesn't get his wish since it hadn't technically been granted yet. It was in the process of being granted.
2: I see. But so Gupta is looking for Warwick Davis. And we see his bedroom. Did you notice this? He had a picture of Queen Elizabeth above his TV.
0: Yeah. Which could just be because it's a pawn shop and they have a bunch of weird stuff in it. Or it could be a reference to India and the crown. Yeah. Which I'm sure it was.
2: That is an odd choice.
0: I believe that. India was no longer under British rule sometime back in like the 40s. So, like, what this is even about, I don't know. Because when know. he was a kid, they had a monarch. I don't know.
2: Don't know. But so he does find the leprechaun and he ends up using the medallion against him. But instead of like keep attacking him, He hits him like once with it, and the guy and Warwick starts to bleed. Uh huh. And then he just stops. And it's like, why why don't you keep attacking him? Why don't you understand that if it's around his neck, he turns to stone? Yeah.
0: Well, he does that thing where he like fishes it away, where he doesn't have to touch it with magic.
2: That's later. That's when Gupta offers up a truce for some stupid reason. Yeah. So basically, Gupta should have kept attacking him, but he didn't. And it's very frustrating. Yeah. Now, back at the Lucky Shamrock, Mitch, the owner of the casino.
0: Or the manager or whatever, yeah.
2: Is approached by men that I guess he owes money to.
0: I guess they're gangsters, and I love them.
2: They are fun, but their story is never really explained.
0: No. But they have a conversation about...
2: Well, like what ap- kind
0: of underwear they wear and shit like that throughout the movie like, Yes,
2: they have very funny little conversations just between the two of them Yes But they approach him and they go, look sharp, be sharp
0: You are thinking of Fix Up, Look Sharp by Dizzy Rascal, I think
2: Fix Up, Look Sharp, don't make me be rich so get more <laughs> Do they not say that?
0: They might say it, but I don't think Look
2: sharp, think- be sharp
0: but they're not saying it like from the song. The song wasn't released until 2003. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I think he's just saying, oh, 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 come on. Look sharp, 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 be sharp. sharp. Look sharp, be sharp.
2: But it's fun because I like the song. (laughs) Anyway, they are threatening him and they basically say, pay me the money or we will kill you.
3: You pay Arthur the money you owe him. Or I will
0: kill you.
2: And at some point, they make the joke. Somebody says, "No, you bigger." I don't remember, but I thought it was really funny.
0: Oh, because Mitch says I could have taken him, the the big guy. And oh yeah, his buddy's See like, that- "No, he couldn't. You're bigger." <laughs> <laughs> whatever, yeah.
2: But he says, "Yeah." So Mitch says, "I could have taken him because the the muscle uh-huh. was putting it, pushing him up against a wall or something." Uh-huh. And he goes, I could have taken him. And when he walks away, he goes, no, you bigger. You bigger.
3: (laughs) I could have taken him. No, no, he couldn't. You you bigger.
2: Scott has not listened to Tammy's advice and has blown all his money at Loretta's table. And Loretta is a dirty, dirty cheater.
0: Yes. She has a magnet under her roulette table. Yes.
2: Mm -hmm. And she convinces him to lose all his money and then convinces him to go over down at the pawn shop to get more money, to pawn off, oh, the watch his grandfather gave him for graduation. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, I mean, that he, he was spending his $23,000 with a check, by the way, that was signed by the director, <laughs> I guess, who plays his father, I suppose. But the point is, is that He's underage. That's why he had to sneak in here with Tammy's help. Mitch finds him. And then when when he realizes he wants to spend $23,000, he's like, oh, yeah, you're definitely old enough. And then it just never comes up again. Mm-hmm. Like, it didn't even need to be a plot element, but it was. Yeah, needed him to be a teenager or something, I guess. Well, because
2: he's supposed to be just out of high school. Right, but
0: he didn't have to be. The only reason he was just out of high school is to explain why he had a check. He could have had a check for any other reason true and then they wouldn't have even had to deal with any of this stuff <laughs> but yeah that's so it just never comes up again and yes he goes to the pawn shop to pawn his grandfather's watch cuz he gets bitten by lady luck or whatever
2: yes but we also get to see a glimpse into the shitty ass magic show and it's great yes it's it's great fazio is fun
0: he's a total dickhead yes but he's fun. And I guess he has a relationship with Loretta.
2: They're best they, friends. Yeah, they
0: hate each other, but they're they're not in a physical relationship. They're
2: frenemies. Yeah,
0: but they but they're like they're like partners in crime. Yeah. They're always hanging out together. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's great. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
2: When he gets to the pawn shop, no no shop. He gets inside and he finds. Gupta who is dead I guess Yeah Mm -hmm. Or somebody's dead Gupta I guess And so he calls 911 And what does he say Do you remember his line
1: I found a body
2: I found a dead person
1: Oh yeah (laughs) Operator Listen I'm in a pawn shop Across the street From the Lucky Shamrock Casino And I found a dead person
2: Yeah I'm sure Because that's how normal people speak (laughs) He happens to find the gold coin or something. Yeah. And he makes his wish that he could have a lucky streak. I don't know why he thinks he can make a wish on it. Maybe he heard the Folklores and Legends
0: I guess tape.
2: Maybe that's on repeat like that, yeah. until you tell it, it to
1: it, stop. Oh, it, it will continue <laughs> throughout the movie. With that in mind, let's review what we've learned about Apricorns. Number one, his power lies in his gold. Note it, he's just another gnome full of mischief. Number two, each of his gold shillings will bring a wish come true to anyone who possesses them. A wish, huh? I wish I was back at the casino on a winning streak.
2: He goes back after getting this wish granted, and suddenly he makes tons and tons of money. Uh huh. Mitch is pissed at Loretta for letting this happen. Uh-huh. And she doesn't understand, but the gold coin made it so that it broke. The mechanism broke. Yes. And it also Loretta sees. Loretta's is pretty observant. Observant. She sees the gold coin is moving the money yeah. to what where What he would do is he'd he put the gold bet.
0: coin on top of his stack of chips, put his hand over it without grabbing it and just follow it as it moved to the appropriate number.
2: Yes. On the roulette table. Yeah. And so Mitch has him set up in a certain room where they all know they're going to steal back all the money.
0: So Loretta sends Fazio with one condition that she gets the gold coin. Yes. But they're going to split the money 50-50.
2: But when he goes there, he doesn't find the money because it's in his backpack, I guess. Yeah,
0: something like that.
2: But anyway... Before any of that happens, he runs into Tammy again, and Tammy's like, what the
0: fuck? I told you, no playing, get in, get out. And so she
2: says, okay, fine, do not let anybody in, keep that money by your side, but what's the first thing he does when he gets to his room?
0: He takes a shower, or he goes to take a shower.
2: He orders room service. Oh, right,
0: yeah, uh uh-huh. Like an
2: idiot. But yes, then he goes to take a shower. So
0: Fazio disappears in a puff of smoke after they get into a fight. And he runs away. And before Scott can go, what the hell was that?
2: Oh, yeah, it's great. Yeah, Scott walks out of the shower, catches Fazio in the act, and Fazio does a puff of smoke.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So he leaves, but then the leprechaun comes in pushing a service cart, room service or whatever, and then tries to kill Scott. In the process, though, Scott stabs him with a steak knife. In his forehead, yeah, I wrote green down, blood everywhere. I
2: love that he's just stabbed him in the frontal lobe.
0: Right? Yeah. just And but, then throws him out of a window.
2: Yes. But before all of that happens, there's a couple of things I want to mention.
0: Is it the Play-Doh poop?
2: Yeah. <laughs> and the Elvis moment.
0: Oh, God.
2: The Elvis moment that comes out of nowhere.
0: Uh-huh. And it just gives Warwick Davis a chance to do an Elvis impression as a leprechaun. Yeah. That's the only reason it exists. Hey, we're in Vegas. And he said, thank you, thank you very much. Isn't that funny?
1: fine suit of clothes, lad. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Those shoes, uh, they come in blue suede.
3: I, I really like them, man. Well, thank you. Thank you very much.
2: It's like it was made to be a meme before memes existed. I guess cuz it's a scene that has absolutely no
0: yeah, context, or context yeah. at all.
2: It's like the one from Garbage Day.
0: No, but this is even worse because This is worse. This is worse because it's just bad comedy. It's get it, it's an Elvis impression. Laugh.
2: Yeah. Why am I laughing yeah, at no, this? It's it comes out of stupid. nowhere and since when does Leprechaun like
0: humans? It's, yeah. Since when does he know who Elvis is?
2: Yeah. I don't get it. But yeah, he turns Fazio's doll of a bunny rabbit into green shit.
0: Yeah, and so when he pulls it out of the hat, it's it's literally just green Play-Doh, and they don't do a very good job of making it look like poop. But he says a rhyme, I forget what the rhyme itself is, but when the leprechaun is like, ah, you got shit in your hand, he says it comes from his shillelagh.
1: A little token of my esteem. It is exactly what it seems. Made fresh daily at exactly nine o'clock. It comes from my shillelagh. You can keep it in a crock. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what? Are you saying that your shillelagh poops? What's the joke here? What's a shillelagh? It's a little club he carries around. It's literally an Irish club. It's, you can use it as a walking stick, but generally it's it's a long stick with a cudgel on the end. And you oh, use so it he as grabbed it from
2: the ground is what he's saying, I guess.
0: No, he says it comes from my shillelagh.
2: Oh, the magic comes from his shillelagh. Oh,
0: I thought the poop came from his shillelagh. Well,
2: the magic creates the shit. But he does say it comes in a crock. Crock of shit. I guess. Like, there's just so many moments of like... Look out, Vegas! I'm taking over! Like, it was expecting to be, like, uh-huh. famous one-liners.
0: Well, I mean, remember, Jason went to New York. Manhattan.
2: I guess. I don't know. But that movie's terrible, too.
0: Yeah. He doesn't and make it till Manhattan to Manhattan until the very end of the movie.
2: Scott gets infected with the blood Which
0: I guess means you turn into a leprechaun now
2: Yes He gets
0: bitten and then blood, green blood dripped on him So now he's going to turn into a leprechaun But But And because I'm really smart And not because the movie foreshadows really fucking heavily At one point, the Encarta 95 disc (laughs) tells us
1: (laughs) A leprechaun is very territorial He can never tolerate another leprechaun crossing his boundaries. One leprechaun can be aggravating, but two can be devastating.
0: Because they're solitary creatures, which is real. By the way, leprechauns are supposed to be solitary. So in Darby O'Gill and the Little People, that's fucking bullshit.
2: (laughs) Well, Uh, Darby and O'Gill and the Little People invented the leprechaun that we know today. It did, yes. Uh Uh-huh. We've been to the Leprechaun Museum. (laughs) Highly recommend.
0: In Dublin, yeah.
2: Back to the casino. Mitch and Loretta are chatting. And they are being very mean to each other. They are both calling each other fat. Mm -hmm. And he explains that he will have Tammy someday. He desperately wants her.
0: Yeah, and he takes the coin from her as sort of like payment- Being like, oh, yeah, no, I'm taking this because you cost me $23,000. Oh, yeah, because she
2: tries to prove to him that it'll move the Uh money. Or is that to Fazio? I don't remember. Well,
0: either way, she's talking to Fazio. She takes it from Fazio. Then Mitch comes by and harasses her for losing all the money, takes the coin. And she says to his desire to be with Tammy, she says, you wish. And he says, yeah, I wish. And then all of a sudden, Tammy has this overwhelming sense of being attracted to Mitch come over her. She gets this baby doll voice on her and carries him off to his room. Along the way, beating him up.
2: Yeah, her foreplay is hurting. Is
0: pain. Yes. yes. So she's like, but like, is that because that's secretly what Tammy likes? Or is that because what Mitch wants? I. He seems shocked by it.
2: He de- No, he definitely first. does not want that.
1: Yeah. Enough with the pain. Okay, no more pain.
2: I wondered uh, at the same thing. I was like, is it her secret kink? But I think it's more because it's a monkey's paw situation. Yeah, uh-huh. But that doesn't happen to anybody else. So I don't know. Yeah. But maybe, maybe that is what she's into. <laughs> but so. And if she
0: is, good for her.
2: Exactly. But it's great because when this happens right in front of Loretta, she's just like, mandatory drug tests are clearly necessary. <laughs> yeah. Um,. But then Loretta, again, being observant, is like, I wish. Uh Uh-huh. And she puts it together. She figures out that the gold coin uh, answers wishes. So they end up not actually hooking up. They get very, very
0: close. Because Loretta comes in and steals the coin back. And so then that's when Tammy snaps out of it. And she gets really reasonably upset. She feels like she's being harassed and taken advantage of yet again. She doesn't know what happened to her. And she's very upset and she runs into Scott and Scott's very nice and kind to her.
2: Yes. Also, just a tiny little weird thing that happened and a stupid thing at that. There was another one-liner moment where out of fucking nowhere, Warwick Davis is sitting at a craps table And the two muscle guys, the muscle and the guy who wants the money, uh they go up and they try to get him out of the way so that they can play. And he turns the muscle into a coin machine.
0: Yeah. He puts a coin in him, pulls his arm, and then the guy spits out a bunch of coins.
2: And then, just later, he just not happening anymore. I imagine
0: it stopped at some point, but that's not very Leprechaun, is it? No. The Leprechaun thing to do would have him do that until he vomited up all of his insides in yeah, the form of coins until and he, he died. Dies. Yes. But we needed this guy back again
2: because they're fo- so funny
0: they're together. Great. Yes.
2: Meanwhile, yeah, Scott has been turning into more and more of a vampire. Oh, and so he. Vampire? Okay, say again. Scott has been turning more and more into a leprechaun.
0: And so, like, at one point, he goes to a restaurant and he orders nothing but all the different variations on potatoes. Which. Really?
2: Which, oh my God. Oh my God.
0: The movie thought was hilarious.
2: Do people not know that potatoes did not originally grow in Ireland? I know that that's a big deal now, and I get the potato potato famine famine, and all that. But guess what? Potatoes were brought there from some other country. I don't know if it was from America or what. It did not exist there before. But
0: everyone associates culturally Ireland with potatoes, so he's turning into a leprechaun. So now he has a... Unquenchable thirst for potatoes, waka (laughs)
2: waka. I mean, this movie does not care about Irish history and folklore.
0: Yeah, no, not at all.
2: But at one point, yeah, so when he's sitting down eating all these things, I don't know why. Oh, he, oh, right, he starts to speak in limericks. Yeah. Just like Warwick Davis is, and... The waitress is like, Oh, I know that band. What is it? Metallica, White Snake.
0: No, it's uh, White Zombie, is what she says. I have that album. <laughs>
2: and he's just like, What the hell did I just say?
1: There we go. Baked potato, broiled potato, French fries, potato skin, potato salad, and uh, six potato pancakes. <laughs> Anything else? There once was a lady of Tottenham whose tastes grew perverted and rotten. She cared not for steaks or for pastries and cakes, but lived upon penis au grotto. Metallica. No, play. White zombie. <laughs> I've got the album. <laughs> Enjoy your spuds. What the hell did I just say?
2: I love it. When Fazio runs by, hey, that's the freak that was in my room. <laughs> That's the one that ran away in a puff of smoke.
0: Did we talk about what happens to Mitch? Is that, were we there yet?
2: Now, yes. So, yes. So, Tammy runs out. She runs into Scott's arms. And what happens to Mitch?
0: So, the leprechaun follows the scent of his gold to Mitch's room. And in order to find out where his gold is, he enchants the TV that Mitch is watching to where this sex line operator model person on the TV suddenly starts talking to him and then crawls out of the TV.
2: Very uh this is this scene was very nightmare on Elm Street. It was. And I liked it. I was like, this, why can't we have more of this weird ass really Bizarre. Shit. It was
0: very weird. And then they'd start like going at it until it's obvious that he doesn't know where his where the coin is, and so the leprechaun's just like "fuck it, I'm gonna kill you." Then, and it's revealed that this woman is actually a robot, like a sex robot. How and does I he wish kill him? It, I wish that it electrocutes been, him or something.
2: Yeah, she just electrocutes him just a tiny bit. I wish it had been bigger. I wish it had been scarier. Yeah, like I wish that this doll had like become this terrifying monstrosity. Uh-huh. And the whole
0: time Warwick Davis is playing different characters on the TV.
2: Yeah, and I just, I loved this absurd scene. I was like, why can't your movies be more of this? Where is this? This is missing.
0: You need a good comedic writer, I think.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, but I just, it was a lot of fun, and I was like, ooh, nightmare. And then it was just this tiny little electrocution, and I was like, Uh oh, okay.
0: (laughs) So Mitch is dead.
2: Yes. And he also makes a joke about little people. Tell me, what was Judy Garland like?
0: Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Where's that
2: Fazio? I think that's Mitch. I don't know. I don't know.
0: But Loretta is beautiful again. It's very obvious this is just... This is just what she looks like. Exactly. Caroline Williams, the actress who plays Loretta. They had her in these like very obviously fake sagging boobs and everything like that. So now she's just the normal actress as the beautiful version of her.
2: But you know what? I prefer her first haircut.
0: Yes, I'm, you know, I'm into, like, short haircuts in some cases, but, like, not, I I liked her blonde Mm -hmm. before, but anyway, this is when Fazio's like, holy crap, the coin is real, and he takes it, and he wishes to be the world's greatest magician, and so the leprechaun finds his way to Loretta now. And what's And he again, do to her?
2: very nightmare on Elm Street.
0: Mm-hmm. It was
2: fun. He starts to make her boobs, her lips, and her butt very, very large until, until she it fucking explodes. explodes. Again, very nightmare on Elm Street. This was fun. More of this. And you
0: wonder why I like Wishmaster. <laughs> I want can we watch Wishmaster too?
2: <laughs> We've been told not to. <laughs> we have been. Is it Don't do it, is what they said.
0: So one of our listeners knows the guy who wrote Wishmaster 2 or the novelization of Wishmaster 2. Oh. Yeah.
2: Oh, that's right, Peter. Yes. I was thinking of a more recent email we got that was telling you, do not watch them, I beg of you. (laughs) But yeah, Peter, He what did he say about Didn't he say it wasn't very good? I think he
0: recognizes that it wasn't very good. Okay.
2: (laughs) But so Tammy takes... Scott, down to the
0: pawn shop. It's not going to stop, ladies and gentlemen. It's just <laughs> going to keep going like this.
2: And he's like, oh, there's something here that I want or need very badly. It's something about don't go after the gold or something and like this that. Is when,
0: this is when Tammy finds out about the medallion and how it works. And so she makes sure to grab it.
2: Yeah, but something happens that they end up going to the- ho- Oh, he's like really, really sick. Yes. So they go to the hospital.
0: Do you remember what the hospital's name is? No. Buena suerte, Memorial Hospital, which means good luck. Oh, okay. There's a slot machine in the lobby, which you know what? Have you been to Vegas? Yeah,
1: exactly. They got
0: slot machines everywhere. Mm-hmm. You go to the airport, slot machines in the airport.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. But it's a lot of fun. Warwick Davis is dressed as a nurse.
0: for <laughs> That was seeing? fun.
2: Yes. There's there's this weird underlying message about healthcare.
0: Oh my god, yes! I
2: think like the, it keeps coming up. I think the writer is mad about healthcare.
0: <laughs> like the one thing that uh, who was it? One of the characters is like, if you could wish for anything, what would it be? And there's like,
2: no, what healthcare you, he,
0: for every American citizen?
2: Mitch asks the guy he owes money to, "What do you want?" Uh huh. And he says,
1: "What do I want?" I want brown hair. I want health insurance for all Americans. I want the meds to get this shit together. Let's not worry about what I want. Let's worry about what I need. I need my money.
0: And then in the hospital, there's the exploitation of the hospital system and about, you know, whether or not...
1: Now listen to me. This may mean the difference between living and dying. Do you have health insurance?
0: Like, it's... From 1995, this movie is very like, you know, universal healthcare.
2: I think the writer I think the writer had
0: a bone to pick with healthcare. uh Totally. But when they find out that he has money, they are like, we need to run every test we can on him.
2: But But I I also love that when they do tests on him, it's like, oh no, he has green blood, but it's just so obviously green water. It's green
0: water. (laughs) It's not even blood, it's not even the blood that came out of Warwick Davis.
2: Nope. Just cheap, cheap, cheap. He can
0: stretch a buck.
2: Yes, he can. Who says fuck you I don't find it amusing?
0: Oh, it's the doctor. Bring me his encephalogram. And all the reports and all the tests have, like, images oh. of leprechauns and clovers and shit on them. And it's printed in green. It, that was great. If if this is what your movie is, fine. <laughs> I am into that. I am into that silliness. <laughs> But it's like it tried to, st- I, I, it just did not nail the tone for me in general. So I couldn't really embrace these moments. But I he like says, it. I don't find, if this is some sort of joke, I don't find it at all amusing.
2: Which immediately made me think of WandaVision. I'm not amused.
0: <laughs> I'm not amused.
2: Yeah, I thought that was a funny little moment. I liked it.
0: We'll give him every test. Uh, beginning with the letter A, tomorrow the B's, and Thursday, you play golf on Thursday. Well, this is an emergency. Because <laughs> <laughs> they find out he has all that money.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Somehow they go back to the pawn shop. shop. It's an apple. And they encounter- I told you it wasn't going to stop. And they encounter Warwick Davis again. There's some sort of big debacle I wrote. They found his money. Why would she go, kiss, gas, shot, grabs his money, and then I wrote down, it's a great moment when Warwick Davis is sent out, probably because of the medallion, and gives them the finger.
0: (laughs) The movie has gone full silly at this point, and it's not scary whatsoever. No. No. Do you remember when you were scared of the leprechaun? His face is scary. Yeah, he is he goes away ultimately he he's not concerned cuz they have the medallion and he knows that they, they don't have the the coin they, they don't tell have him the that coin. Fazio has the coin
1: mhm and yes. so he's
0: going to go get Fazio who now has pulled somebody from the audience to do his flaming magic trick which he wanted to do with Tammy but he can refused. do it now
2: cuz he's the greatest magician in the world uh-huh. but Apparently not, because then Warwick Davis shows up and takes over the magic show. And I'm like, why doesn't he have magic right now? Yeah. Why can't he stop this from happening? Because, again... He's the
0: greatest stage magician. He doesn't have literal magic.
2: Oh. I think
0: is what it's supposed to be.
2: Oh. But he didn't say that.
0: Yeah, but you want this movie to make sense, and it's not going to.
2: Good, excellent point. But anyway, so... How does he kill him?
0: I, You know what? I gotta say, it's pretty gruesome. They don't really commit to the bit, though. But he's doing a sawing him and ha- He puts him in the saw in half box thing, and he takes a chainsaw, and in front of the audience starts chainsawing, and blood gets everywhere. And all the audience runs and leaves, and nobody comes in to find out what happened. Nope. <laughs> for the rest of the movie.
2: Nope. So, uh, he goes back to the pawn Shop! Shop!
0: Well, because the the idea is Scott needs to destroy the gold in order to not be a leprechaun anymore.
2: No, the leprechaun only gets his magic from the gold. Right, so
0: they hear that from the Encarta. (laughs) If
1: you destroy his gold, you destroy the leprechaun. But mortals can never resist the power of gold. To them, being rich is more important than doing what needs to be done.
2: No way. We find that gold, we're getting rid of it. So if they destroy the gold, they'll destroy him. And I guess because he's basically Mother Alien, that means that Scott will go back
0: to being normal. Well, it's magic that's changing him. And if there's no gold powering that magic...
2: It's magic, man. It's magic, man. So Warwick Davis tries to convince Scott to remain a leprechaun and share the gold with him because he's desperate.
0: And we know that after what he did to Gupta... Yes. ...that... He lies when he makes deals. You don't make deals with leprechauns.
2: Oh, yeah. So earlier, sorry guys, Gupta made a deal where I'll give you back the medallion if you give me your half your gold or yeah, something. Yeah, something like that, yeah. But it was just so ridiculous. Why would he believe him? Uh-huh. It doesn't make any sense. So he ends up saying, share this, pal, and ends up lighting the gold on fire with the fire that they were using in the magic show, which makes mm-hmm. me think that maybe they were back at the magic show, not at
1: the pawn I think shop. I think they were,
0: but why would the gold be there? Either the gold is there and it shouldn't be, or they took that flamethrower and brought it to the pawn shop. I don't remember.
2: Anyway, kills. The leprechaun, except not really, because... He
0: catches on fire and he has, like, he turns into, like, a charred skeleton, right?
2: Yes, and the gold disappears, except for the shilling that Tammy Tammy still has. has. And then she just throws it out the way. You
0: gotta set it up for a sequel. Why wouldn't you just set it on fire if you were gonna get rid of it? Uh Exactly.
2: What logic? I... No logic, none. So...
0: And it ends with another impression... (laughs) You know
1: something, sweetheart? This could be the beginning of a beautiful friendship. That is the. That's how
2: the movie movie ends. Cool. And that definitely feels like a movie that was made in two weeks.
0: But it's like it's (laughs) like it's tipping over into like, oh, this is just going to be a wacky comedy, and we're just going to see some bizarre, crazy shit. But it's still cheap as hell, and nothing looks very impressive. The writing is terrible because they can't pay a good writer to do it. It, It's like it's getting hints of, oh, this is what Leprechauns are going to be from now on. And I'm into that if they get the resources and the talent behind it. And I'm really, really worried that they're not going to. We're going to get through this whole entire franchise and it's going to be more of this. Probably. What do you think it has on Rotten Tomatoes?
2: God, I hope it's a 13.
0: It does not have a score because there are only four reviews on the Rotten Tomatoes site. They are all negative, though, which if there were enough reviews, that would mean it had a zero. But it does not have an official Rotten Tomatoes score, so we go by the audience score, which is a 34. No Why? Metacritic, no Cinema Score. Because there are people that love it because it's wacky. This is my favorite one. Oh, gosh. It's ironic to like this, Kelsey.
2: I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it a 13.
0: I had written down a 15. I had no idea what you were going to give it. I had written down a 15. So, yeah, we're pretty much eye to eye on this one.
2: There were moments that were kind of clever.
0: Uh-huh. Or fun.
2: Moments of hope.
0: Hints at what could be. But no. But that's almost more frustrating.
2: <laughs> Overall, guys, the beginning, the beginning part with Scott is so... Every moment before he turns into a leprechaun, it is unwatchable.
0: Yeah, and like I said, it's an hour and a half movie, 45 minutes into the movie, and Gupta was the only one who had died. Come on, get to it. Stop with all this extra bullshit. It could have been an hour long. Yes. And we could have seen all the same good stuff. hmm And it could have been written by a better writer, and mm-hmm. it would have been a lot funnier.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's just, there's a lot of potential... Here in Leprechaun 3, <laughs> and it is so unrealized. So not only is it bad, but it's frustrating with the glimpses it gives you of what it could be. Mm-hmm. That is Leprechaun 3. Before we get into our next movie, Kelsey, horror trivia.
2: Composers Danny Elfman and Steve Bartek adapted and recorded Bernard Herman's iconic score from what film for its 1998 remake?
0: Danny Elfman composed something for a remake in 1998. Okay, and it's obviously St. Patrick's Day related. Or no, it's not. It wouldn't be. I I don't know, that could be anything. What did what did he do in 1998? Psycho. Oh. Eh.
2: That's why it says re-recorded Bernard Herman's iconic. Oh, Bernard Herman! Damn it! From the film for, and it is just re-recorded
0: because they like didn't make any changes to it. Why do you even need Danny Elfman's name there? Ugh! All right, Kelsey, this one I know you're gonna get. Oh, we were almost just talking about it earlier. Before green became the de facto color for everything Irish in the 1900s, leprechauns traditionally wore what color?
1: Red. That
0: is correct. Yes. I think we mentioned that back in Red Clover when we were like, "That is the leprechaun color." Mm-hmm.
1: All
0: right, that uh, leads us into our next movie. Not really, but it is Irish. So Wakewood, Irish folklore. So I don't know if it's legitimately Irish folklore. I, yeah, I don't think it's really it folklore in Ireland.
2: It's Pet Cemetery in
0: Ireland. It. Oh yeah. That's exactly what it is. Had we known about this movie when we started the show, this could have been paired with Pet Cemetery. Yeah. Directed by David Keating, story by Brendan McCarthy, and screenplay by Brendan McCarthy and David Keating, starring Aidan Gillen, Littlefinger, Ava Berthistle, and Timothy Spall. What is Wakewood about?
2: It's Pet Cemetery in Ireland.
0: It's about this couple that moves to a f- small Irish town, Irish village. Unfortunately, after their daughter there's dies. no
2: gauge.
0: Yes. Unfortunately. Thanksgiving day for cat. <laughs> well, we don't go down that road. <laughs> um, after their child dies, they move to this small village. They find out that people in this village have the power to bring back dead loved ones for three days and three days only. But when they break, a Rule in This Resurrection Things Go Sideways. It is available with a subscription on Prime and Hoopla. You can rent it for $4 on most major services. You can buy it for $10 to $15 on most services. That $10 is I believe Fandango now. Should people watch Wakewood?
2: I mean, look, it's not terrible, guys, but I'm not I don't think
0: you need to see it. I'm I'm a little torn.
2: I don't think there's anything really all that special or unique about it. It's fine. It's not bad.
0: Yeah. I'll I'll get into it a little bit more later, but I I said it's all very interesting but sloppy. (laughs) And I'll get into why I think that once we've had a chance to talk about the movie, but it is not vital. If you have an hour and a half to kill and you want to watch something Irish, you can watch this. It's not great.
2: I would rather watch this than Leprechaun 3.
0: Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. But again, it's not great. No. You can take our advice or leave it. When we get back, we will talk about 2009's Wakewood.
1: People shouldn't hurt animals, should they? No, they shouldn't. Animals shouldn't hurt people either. Well, that's
3: kind of different. life for a short time so you can see her hold her again and say goodbye properly will she be normal her heart will beat her breath will breathe and she'll remember the time she had with you but it's not so simple as it the ritual of the return finds you to wake one. oh my baby oh my baby
1: is this for real
3: Alice, are you a normal little girl? Why don't you look at me? She's not right. We must put Alice back on the ground where she belongs. Do now. She's fine. She's her little girl. You have to obey the rules, Patrick. There's something amiss. Don't look at her. Look away. Look away! Look away! What the hell have we done? Back to the trees and lie among the roots. Back to the trees and lie among the roots. Ah! You were going to leave me. I was scared. Are you still scared?
1: Ah! Dad, am I dead?
0: Kelsey, before we get into the movie, two things I want to comment on. First of all, Wakewood is two words, which is weird, right? Maybe it's a Southern California thing. We have... Hollywood, Linwood, Inglewood, Westwood. These are all one-word town names. This is two words, which is, I don't know. why. It's also a little on the nose considering the topic. Yes. <laughs> also, the second thing is, before we get into the content of the actual movie, production company name came up, Hammer. Yes, it is actually Hammer Horror. It is the first full film production they had done. Uh, since they were originally liquidated in 1979. Uh, They had done other, like, smaller things, but this is the first, like, full-length feature film that they did. The last production that they did was a really bad remake, apparently, of Hitchcock's The Lady Vanishes. So, yeah, in 1979. But it's not... It's the name Hammer Horror. Some private equity firm bought up the rights to the name and all of their... Ownership of Everything in 2007, and they just slap the name on things now, I guess. Mm. So not the same Hammer Horror, but it is the same Hammer Horror. Weird. Anyway, (laughs) can you get us started? How does Wakewood begin?
2: Well, we see a couple driving on the wrong side of the road. Oh,
0: God. (laughs) Let me tell you, driving in Ireland is an adventure. (laughs) Although this doesn't take place in Ireland. It takes place in – well, sorry, it does take place in Ireland, it's not filmed in Ireland. It's filmed in, like, Sweden or something like that. The The director or the producer saw some movie, some Swedish film, liked it so much that they wanted to film there, and they got the cinematographer as well, because they I liked this movie. I didn't write down what the original movie was, partly because, honestly, not a big fan of the cinematography in this movie. <laughs>
2: It wasn't anything particularly special, no. No.
0: But yes, driving in Ireland was an adventure. Especially on all those country roads where it's the width of a car, but you need opposing traffic. So you're like, you're going to scrape your side mirror on a wall or something there. It was harrowing and (laughs) a lot of fun. It's beautiful out there. (laughs) Anyway, but go ahead. And
2: we're seeing... Flashes of memories of their daughter. Yeah. Who was killed because he... Littlefinger. Yeah. What's his name in the movie?
0: It's Aidan Gillen playing Patrick. Patrick. Of course.
2: Yeah. (laughs) For St. Patrick's Day. So Patrick, he is a vet. And he woke his daughter up on her birthday and said... There's a dog that you'll get to play with after school, Uh um, and she can't wait that long, so she goes to see it, and for some reason it's, like, rabid. Yes. And tears out her throat. Yep.
0: And she dies. That was
2: harrowing. There's no gauge moment. She just dies. Uh, When they hear her screaming, they run out to her, but it's way too late. Mm Mm-hmm. So they ended up moving to this place called Wakewood. No explanation as to why. They hired him. Yeah. But
0: it's a very insular town who doesn't take to outsiders, but I guess they needed a vet because there's a lot of like farm animals and shit like that out there and they needed somebody to take care of them.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And the first thing that we're introduced to is him giving a C-section to a cow. Yeah. Very it's realistic. Graphic. Yes. She, on the other hand, is a pharmacist. Mm -hmm. They tell us that it's been nine months since they have moved there. Yeah. And while she's at the pharmacy, this woman walks in and she's got this young girl with her and she refers to her as her niece and says that she's just visiting for a short time. Mm -hmm. But the niece seems a little bit off and it doesn't seem like she really is her niece. Oh, and she
0: needs to renew her asthma medication, but the prescription that she has is expired. Yes. I think it's very weird. And the aunt is being very shady about it. It almost seems like, is there something economic going on here? Exactly. That's what I was actually thinking. They can't afford to go to the doctor and get the prescription renewed. So can you please just renew it for us Mm -hmm. under the table? I want health insurance for all Americans. That's what I was thinking was happening.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But I definitely got the impression that she was lying about oh, yeah. the mm-hmm. fact that she was her niece. Yeah. But so that night she is definitely wallowing in, you know, I, th- I realize that I've used wallowing wrong my entire life. How? Wallowing means to take great pleasure in. Yes. And I never realized that we use that so terribly when we say that she's wallowing in her sadness.
0: Yeah, it's like.
2: The way I always interpreted it was they're sitting in their sadness, you know, like they're just waiting in it. Like they don't want to get out of it.
0: Right. But the way we use wallow comes from pigs wallowing in mud. You know, they're they're just in the muck and they're totally cool with it. And so when you wallow in your sadness, it's like you are basically getting off on being depressed.
2: Right. So I've been using it wrong my entire life. So (laughs) she is in the... Depths of her depression Yes And she won't leave her daughter's stuff Like they've got a room that's just filled with her stuff So Patrick is like Let's get rid of this Yeah This is enough of this And she says I'm not ready to let go You would forget if you could Uh And he goes What can I do to make you happy And she says Just let me go So clearly she doesn't want to be in this relationship anymore
0: yeah, yeah, it's weird. And that moment is basically the only time that topic comes up. Yes. It is just completely dropped after this.
2: Yes, it pretty much won't come up again. And you're kind of left wondering, I didn't know they were unhappy. Nothing about them has right. shown us and that you know, they're we unhappy. We hear
0: all the time that couples split up after the loss of a child. It just, it happens and it sucks, but it it's a reality, right? But they don't. They don't even bring it up that oh we were going to split but now we're not going to. It's not even hinted at later on. Mm-hmm. It's just they it's a comment that they drop and then they let it hang there and then never mentioned again.
2: Well, they needed to have a reason for her to want to leave in the middle of the night. Okay. Because she's saying, I, "I take me to the station. So it's just a plot contrivance. It's just a way to get them out on the road in the middle of the night so that their car can conveniently break down next to this dude's farm who is uh-huh. doing a ritual. Yep. Which they have never noticed in all the nine months. And uh-huh. I gotta say, out of nowhere, all of a sudden there seems to be a lot... Of premature deaths in Wakewood. Yeah. <laughs> and there's there weren't for nine months. They never picked up on any of this before. Uh-huh. And now all of a sudden it's happening very, very quickly. And it is important that it happens quickly because there is a time limit going on here. Yeah. A time limit that they will ignore and not even question what will happen if they ignore that time limit.
0: Right. You need to understand as well that what we're going to find out is that for every person you bring back, there needs to be another dead body. So every person that comes back means two people died. And the amount of people that we see come back in this movie are what, like four different people, which means eight people had to die. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) No comment on how many people are dying in this tiny village.
2: Yes. A tiny insular village. (laughs) unless they're just taken bo- like but uh, the indication is that it needs to be a fresh body
0: and you need to g- and you need to get permission
2: yes so i this movie has a lot of flaws guys and and
0: those people that give you permission to use their fresh body like of their husband say does that mean that they can't bring that person back
2: no they can they just need a new body yeah i don't know why Your own body can't be enough for you to come back into it. Right.
0: Yeah, can you be birthed from your own body again? Yeah. Because that that body... Okay, we're not into the thick of what's happening here with these bodies, but... Yeah, like... Well, you can
2: go ahead and tell them. We're going to see it here. Yeah,
0: there's a cocoon, basically, that's made out of a recently deceased body. They do a ritual, they set it on fire, it hardens, you crack that open, and the person you wanted to bring back comes out of it
2: magically comes out of it. So why can't you come so out of your own body? Exactly, the
0: body comes out of nowhere. They're not pulling it out of the ground. It's being recreated. So why? Yeah, why couldn't it come out of its own body? Yeah. Anyway,
2: there there are a lot of flaws, and the thing is, is like that I say, this it's movie, sloppy. I, I like. I want to like this movie. It's charming. It's yeah. got like this, you know, an old
0: school feel to it. It's got some kind of creeping terror, but it's not creepy enough. Because you know exactly what's happening. Uh-huh.
2: Because it is just a ripoff of Pet Cemetery, I know exactly
0: where this story is going. Yep. Loved one child is going to die. You're gonna do a dark ritual to bring them back, which you shouldn't be doing, and then when they come back, they're going to be violent and they're going to kill people.
2: The only difference here is that this is a tried and true. Version of Pet Cemetery where if you just follow the guidelines, everything will be okay. Yeah. So literally, it is just him ignoring the guidelines. Like in Pet Cemetery, you shouldn't be doing it at all. It's an evil entity trying to get you to do it. Yeah. But in this one, it's just hey, just follow the rules, and you'll be fine. And everything's
0: fine. You get you get three days with the deceased person, and then they willingly walk off into the forest to be taken by the trees.
2: You don't even have to convince them. It's not like this other tragic moment where you just say uh goodbye and they don't want to go. It's
0: great closure. It's awesome. But if it's been more than a year, you shouldn't do it. They don't explain why. They just say you shouldn't. And they don't explain what's happening when it goes wrong. Like, is there a demon inside of this child? Do not say. Is it the child and a demon fighting or is the child – have they just gone corrupt? Like, it's it, It's a little bit of both. You get a sense that this is not the little girl that they brought back. But then you also get a sense of, no, this is the little girl who has a connection to the parents and all of that. So, like, which is it? And I'm fine if it's a mixture of the two. I'm which fine if it's one or the Cemetery. other. Yeah, I'm totally fine. But it's a lot more clear what's going on in Pet Cemetery. You shouldn't bring anyone back from the dead because they're corrupted, right? That's very clear. This is not. And yeah, I want more information and not just because I'm curious, because other, I, it's not making sense.
2: Yeah, and the big problem for it, with it for me is they know so many minute details about how to bring a person back to life. Right? Uh-huh. So many minute details. So many specific things they have to say and do to they got bring that someone abacus back. abacus
0: thing that seems to be nothing, which is kind of cool. <laughs> I kind of like that. <laughs> I'm okay with that being, like, nonsense.
2: But with all this knowledge that they have... There is also a grand wealth of knowledge that they do not. He even jokes about the fact that when he asks him why three days, he says, I assume it has to do with birth, life, life, death.
0: death. Yeah. uh
2: But he's like, but to be truthful, I don't really know. And it's like. I get that that's supposed to be a funny moment, but then later it's like, well, we don't actually know why you can only do it in a year. We don't know what happens to you when that happens. Uh We don't know why she's the way she is. We just know that she is that way. Um, And how do you know all these bizarre details?
0: But this has never happened before? Yeah. Right. Like, how did you figure it out? I'm okay. With them being like, this is just the way it is. It's mystical, magical. I'm okay with not knowing how this knowledge was passed down for generations. That is all fine. I'm okay with it being vague. What I'm not okay with is that it sets up questions that have no answers. Like, okay, if no one told you (laughs) it was three days, if there's no source of this information, then how did you figure it out? If this has never happened before, how did you figure it out? Oh, you can't do more than a year. Well, then that implies that someone did it. Someone past did it. Year. Yeah, and you know exactly what's going to happen, but they behave like they have no idea.
2: Yeah. They
0: could have tossed away a line like, "Oh, this is great knowledge that's been handed down for generations and generations and generations. This is a warning. Some tragic thing happened, but our records don't say what." Sure. But they don't even say that.
2: Yeah, it is a it is a big mess of a film and it's sad, because like I said, like there's a lot of me that wants to like this. There's a charm to it. The actors are pretty good. Um, and it's going to get
0: credit for all those things.
2: I, I enjoy the relationship that they built with their daughter and the relationship that they b- built between these two people, but that's kind of it. Everything else is just, I wanted to make Pet Cemetery, but in Ireland. Yeah. But so after she witnesses it and Patrick doesn't, they go home and the dude is already there. And the guy is the rat from
0: Harry Potter. Oh, uh, Timothy Spall.
2: So Peter Pettigrew is like, okay, what's his name in the movie? Timothy
0: Spall is the actor. The character's name is Arthur. Arthur. He's like the town elder. He <laughs> kind of is responsible for the um the people at the farm when they do the C section. The well, they call him boss. He's not, and he hired uh, Aiden Gillen, Patrick, but he doesn't know any of this vet stuff.
2: Oh, he I thought he was a vet. I thought I thought Patrick was like his again, intern,
0: completely like, unexplained. No, I think he's just the guy that kind of runs the town. And he's responsible for keeping everything up. He's like an unofficial president of this organization that is Wakewood.
2: <laughs> okay. But so he's already in their house when they get there. And he kind of talks to them here, but he also doesn't really tell them he's anything. He's very
0: vague. And Patrick is like, what's going on here, Arthur? What the hell is happening? Why
2: are you in our house? <laughs>
0: And then he just leaves.
2: Yeah, doesn't really <laughs> explain why he came, but sure. Because
0: he knows that Louise saw the ritual.
2: Yes, I understand that. No,
0: I, I'm just explaining to the audience.
2: So the next day, I guess it's been two days since she, or a day, I don't know, I'm not good. So she saw them the first day, so it's been a day, so now she's only seeing them on the third day. So it's been a day Uh huh. since she's seen them. And the little girl says, "I can't wait to go back, which is your first indication that they truly do uh-huh. want to return
0: She also starts kind of shaking
2: yeah, she's not her body is probably dying again. yeah
0: and so this woman puts what looks like a, uh, a a noose around her neck it's a thick rope necklace with this piece of wood on it and some other holes. And what we find out later is it's some kind of, like, druidic harness that makes them feel comfortable.
2: Yeah, I mean, they call it a clutch. And later, when the evil daughter will return, they try to put that on her, and she says, that won't work on me.
0: I guess just because she's more than a year old, and she's been corrupted, but, like, why? Why?
2: (laughs) But more importantly... My issue with it is that when we first see The Clutch, it's kind of scary looking. And she explains, no, no, this makes them feel comfortable. And I then associated it with, if you've ever seen the, it's not a documentary, the, the TV movie, the the HBO movie about Temple Grandin. Yes. She liked to put, like, she put herself in these enclosed yeah. box type things uh-huh. that to me looks terrifying like to me I'm like I wouldn't want to be fenced in like that uh-huh. like I would be like get me out of here yeah but for Temple Grandin safe yeah so at f- when, so when she, she relates ex- to
0: the cows that she deals with who do the same thing exactly. they get squeezed in and it makes them feel more more safe
2: so when she explained this clutch I was like oh okay so it's kind of like that thing but then when the evil girl rejects it it almost seems like it's a way to entrap them right
0: like, so it's I'm a mystical a- way to keep them compliant.
2: Exactly. So I'm like,
0: what the fuck? So is it that it, for whatever reason, because she's more than a year dead, that she doesn't deride comfort from it? Is it that its magic doesn't hold power over her? Or is it that because she had been dead for a year, she is not brought back, but some sort of evil force is brought back in her place and it's too powerful to be controlled by this. I don't know what to think about this, because I don't know what its is.
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But so the niece says to her, Alice has a lovely voice, which sends the woman over the edge. Uh-huh. And she freaks out and goes to the woman's house, and she's just like, tell me my daughter's name. How did your niece know about her? What is going on in this town? And... She kind of, again, explains, but also doesn't. Uh And Louise kind of picks up on it without having to actually be told outright what Mm -hmm. is happening. Which, you know, she's seen it, so I would hope that she could get it from this. But also, have we seen the actress who plays Louise?
0: She's one of the parents in The Children.
2: That's what I thought. I I thought we had seen her before.
0: Eva Berthistle.
2: So, while she's talking to that woman, Patrick is dealing with an uppity bull. Yes. And this dude works on a farm who should certainly know better. Yeah. Gets in the pen with an uppity bull.
0: And gets crushed to death.
2: That is a way to die.
0: Very violently. Yeah, it's pretty graphic. By the way, the son of the farmer... Uh, O'Shea, so Mick O'Shea is the, of course, <laughs> is is the farmer who dies. Uh, his son and wife are going to play a pretty big role in this. But the son, we hardly see; he hardly says a word. That's Brian Gleason. That's Brendan Gleason's son. It's Donal Gleason's brother. We've watched several movies with Donal Gleason in it. He's the the nerd in Ex Machina. Very famous Donal Gleason.
2: He's in this movie.
0: No, his brother. Oh, Brian Gleason. They were both. They were the brothers in Mother. So he's Abel in Mother. The one who gets killed. Oh, I don't remember the one who gets killed. (laughs) But Donald Gleason is Cain. And yeah, no, (laughs) I know Donald Gleason is.
2: (laughs) About time, man! Which you still haven't seen. Haven't I? I love that movie. Um, but wait, okay, so but yeah, he gets like is, no
0: lines in this movie This
2: is his brother's son?
0: Brian Gleeson is Donal's brother Is the son to the guy who just died right now In the movie Okay So he's the kid, he's the lady who's the wife Who has a pretty big role in this movie Peggy Yes, her son in this movie is Brian Gleeson His brother Donal's real life brother, yes Got it And And Brendan's real life son
2: Yes Who's Brendan?
0: Trying to think of what you would know him from. Oh, <laughs> let me just make sure I'm right. I mean, you definitely know him. I mean, he's in Bruges. He's the other assassin in Oh, Bruges, the big guy? The friend, yes.
2: That's Donald's dad? Yes. I had no idea.
0: And he's, this is why I'm surprised, also not in his known for list of movies, he's Mad-Eye Moody. Ha! <laughs> That's funny. Well, because Donal is in yes. the series too, yes, and and so is Peter Pettigrew. Yes, we have in this movie.
2: It's all connected through Harry Potter. Yes,
0: I mean like the British Isles sort of area, the UK and Ireland.
2: Pretty much, if you're a British actor and you didn't get to be in Harry Potter, you got snubbed. Yeah. <laughs> or Game of Thrones.
0: Yes, uh huh, one of the two. <laughs>
2: Are any of them in Game of Thrones?
0: Oh, I'm sure. (laughs) Other than Littlefinger.
2: Oh, duh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But so, after that guy dies, they're... uh,
0: You can only say Peter Pettigrew. Peter Pettigrew!
2: (laughs) (laughs) What's his name?
0: Arthur. Arthur, Yes. Timothy's Arthur fall, yeah.
2: <laughs> is like, all right, it's time to talk to you guys about your daughter. And they're like, nah, dog, we're out of here, man, because they want to leave. And for some reason, he really wants them to stay.
0: They need a vet. But they could have had a different vet. Yeah, I know. Just let him go and... Pick a different vet. But they like him. They think he's talented.
2: I guess. But so, yeah. um,
0: And they they need new blood in this this town or everyone just keeps dying. (laughs) So they're
2: like, we can bring her back for three days. And Patrick is like, what the fuck? And Arthur says, ask your wife. She knows. When he leaves... Patrick is like, well, you know, we can't do it anyway.
0: Yeah, you heard what he said. And what he said was, as long as she's less than a year dead, we can bring her back for three days. Yeah. And And they don't tell you specifically what the problem is here, Mm -hmm. but it's very obvious that she's been dead longer than a year. Like right away, you're like, oh, they shouldn't do this. But they're compelled to do so because they're parents who have suffered a tragedy.
2: Yeah, and she says, if we have to lie, wouldn't it be worth it?
0: Thinking that it's just a rule that doesn't have any reason for existing. Exactly.
2: It's just like, what on earth would make you think that this is not going to be important?
0: Right. You are bringing a person back from the dead. Don't you think that there might be some fucking consequences? (sighs) But in their mind, it doesn't matter what the consequences are. It's worth it to see their daughter again.
2: But yeah, so then they do the abacus scene, and I love that Chris is like, it's magical, mystical, doesn't mean anything.
0: He <laughs> keeps, like, moving individual pieces. There's, like, these triangle... Blocks it on an It means something abacus. to Arthur. No, it does. But he like moves it around based on the answers that they give. <laughs> right? He moves around the individual pieces. He slides them on the bars. He spins them around, and then they'll like say something. and It'll just run his whole hand across yes. it. And it's like, wait, wasn't it important the position <laughs> that they were in? But it's fun. I like it. I'm okay with it.
2: <laughs> he asks what her hair was like, and Patrick cannot
0: remember.
3: Uh huh. What is your daughter's name? Alice. Alice Hannah Daly. Alice, I'm not learning. Did you prefer mornings or evenings? Mornings. Was her skin moist or dry? Moist. Would she have liked cats, cows, or horses? Horses. Ponies, definitely. Was her hair thick or lank? It was fine, wasn't it? Quite fine. What time of the year was she born?
0: October 22nd. And they ask, how long has she been dead? How long has your daughter been in the ground?
3: Patrick, how long has your daughter been dead and buried?
1: It's been 11 months, two weeks, two days.
2: A lie.
3: A
1: lie.
2: So when they have to go and ask permission of the wife of the dead man, she says no, because she can tell that something is wrong.
0: Something's wrong. And, and he says, basically, you gotta. I'm the elder here, and you gotta do what I say. But we do need your permission. Like you need to voluntarily give permission. And she's like, you wouldn't think of withholding,
2: because he threatens my husband
0: to. coming back. He
2: threatens to. Mm-hmm. He says, wouldn't you like to see your husband? And she's like, whoa. Are you saying that if I don't do this, you're not going to give me my three days? No, no, but
0: she doesn't say that. She says you wouldn't. So it's unclear, again, unclear, and it's important which one it is. Is it that if she gives up the body, she doesn't get to see her husband again because he's been used in this ritual? Or is it that if she doesn't give up the body, he's not going to let her do the ritual? I think it's that second one, but all we get is her saying, you wouldn't withhold this from me.
3: No, it's not right. What?
0: I don't know what it is, but it's not right. I won't do it.
3: Peggy, they have to ask. You're upset. There is something I don't like. They have to ask you, but you have to be amenable, Peggy. That's the only way this can continue. Do you not want to see Mick yourself? Hmm? You wouldn't deny me Mick's return. They need your help.
0: I think this movie is a lot of things, and among them is completely unclear about half of its content. And I don't think it should be a surprise or a shock that this would be unclear, too. I, In the moment, I was thinking that. I'm like, wait a minute. It sh- which one is she saying? Because she's making arguments about why this shouldn't be done. It sounds like that's an argument about why it shouldn't be done.
2: Well, I mean, ultimately, it doesn't matter. If they confuse yeah. even one person in their audience, they've done something wrong. Yeah. They're told that they need to have because it's been so long. It's so close to the year, uh-huh. which again, what does that mean? <laughs> but because it's so close to the year, they need to have a corporeal piece of her, like I you think know. It, like I always hair. thought it was
0: just in general. It had nothing to do with. No, how they close had it to was. have
2: something. But because uh-huh. he says specifically because it's been so long, because she oh. asks like her favorite teddy, and he goes, "No, it's been too long." I'm talking like a clip of her hair and they're like we don't have that shit cause we're not fucking weirdos but anyway not that you're I, weird if you, you know, keep I can hair. imagine
0: somebody having a lock of their dead child's hair uh, I can imagine that uh, definitely uh, uh, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> you will need to
3: provide a relic of Alice for the ritual what? in this case we're close to the time limit
1: her favorite teddy uh,
3: no the relic needs to be more closely collected a lock of hair would probably no,
1: work we don't have anything like that nah.
3: Whatever you provide, it needs to be personal to Alice in a corporal, physical way. Very much so. If you understand.
2: But so they have to go and they have to dig her up. And when he tries to pick up her hair, according to Chris, it like fell apart. I couldn't tell. because It's very I'm sorry. dark.
0: It's so dark. The movie, the entire movie is so dark.
2: Remember Midnighters? This is giving me Midnighters feel. Not quite as bad. Yeah. Not quite as bad as Midnighters. Yeah. But still pretty bad.
0: We have a vibrant television with the <laughs> color setting set up to where we can see the contrast between colors <laughs> so clearly. The, so many scenes in this movie are just black. That's why I'm saying I'm not impressed by the cinematography at mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of people were impressed with Midnighter cinematography. I I know what to do now. If I want to get famous as a cinematographer, just cut out all the lights. Tell the lighting guy, don't put any lights. We're going to make it as dark as possible and people will be enamored with it. I think people think that darkness is way cooler than it is. Yes. Especially when you can't see what's going on in the frame and not seeing is not the point. There There are are moments where not seeing is the point.
2: There are ways to utilize darkness that can be cool and can be scary and can... Help the shot, but not when it's just your whole movie.
0: Yeah, when I don't know what's going on, I'm not scared. <laughs> Unless the point is you not knowing what's going on.
2: So they have to go. So he decides to chop off her finger, which causes Louise to like to cry. And of course, we think it's funny because he's Littlefinger. But anyway, <laughs> she cries and he gives her this look like. Fuck you for crying. I'm the one that's down here cutting off the finger. And I'm
0: doing it because you insisted.
2: Yes. I didn't want to even do this.
0: Yeah.
2: Sucks. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so they go to do the whole thing. It's very graphic and drawn out. In times past, they did this with a hammer, but now they do it with farm machinery. They crush Uh him. And stuff like that. It's,
0: it's a little unclear what exactly is happening. Yes. Are they cubing him like they do to cars in in a uh, junkyard? You're worthless. Worthless. You're worthless.
2: I don't know. He puts the girl's finger into the dead man's mouth, and when she comes out, she's alive.
0: Hooray! And she seems normal.
2: Where are we? We're in Wakewood. I must have slept the whole way. Uh-huh. But yeah, so they have one perfect, beautiful, gorgeous day. He makes pancakes. I love pancakes. She does. And they play tag and they're running around. But then she finds like a dead bird or something. She Or remember the dead bird that's hung up in the trees? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And that's what starts to make her think of what happened to her.
0: Here's a question. That bird seemed to be tied up in the tree. Yeah. Who did it and why?
2: Well, she does ask. And Patrick says maybe it was to scare away other birds.
0: Maybe. Is it Peggy? I don't know. I don't know. Because it's never mentioned again.
2: No. But the point is, is that she's getting to see this dead animal. And that's what's going to spark her memories of her own death. Yeah. They end up hitting a dog on their drive home. Yep. And when he's stitching the animal up... Oh, it's a really
0: sweet moment. She wants to help.
2: She wants to help, and she does. And she says people shouldn't hurt animals, right? People shouldn't hurt animals, should they? No, they
0: shouldn't. Animals
3: shouldn't hurt
1: people either. Well...
0: That's kind of different. Which is especially tough because that's how she died.
2: Exactly. And so again, she's remembering how she was killed, right? And things are starting to go weird. So that night, Patrick will notice that she has dirt on her hands. That's odd. The next day, what will he find buried in the dirt?
0: Wait a minute. He demands to see her hands and they're clean. That's the plot point.
2: The next day... When he finds the dog buried in the dirt.
0: But why would them being clean mean anything if he saw them dirty the night before?
2: Exactly. Because he he doesn't want to believe it. Huh. If her hands were still dirty, he would have to believe it. Mm-hmm. Her hands aren't dirty anymore. He can maybe magically believe that she didn't do it. But he knows that she did it. And that's the thing. So then what's
0: the point of the scene?
2: Patrick <laughs> Patrick becomes aware of his daughter's evil so quickly but just chooses not to do anything about it. Yeah,
0: they're like, whatever, I have my daughter. She's going to go back in three days anyway. Let's just ignore it.
2: But they can't ignore it because Peggy shows up and wants to spend the day with their daughter.
0: And it's like, oh uh, why- We have three days. We are not spending them with you
2: exactly why why on earth wouldn't they be more mad about it why wouldn't uh-huh. they be more like fuck you get off our property well
0: part of it is because she, she gave says, up
2: her husband right for them
0: well i would say i would say fuck you to that too if i was one of these parents these are our three days you knew what you were getting into that does not earn you the right to take up one of our days But she mentions she has a pony.
2: Which they specifically asked earlier, which would she prefer? Cats, horses, or something? Dogs? I don't know. Yeah, it's like
0: horses, definitely. Ponies,
2: for sure. Yeah, she loves
0: ponies. And so when Alice hears this, she's like, oh my god, can I ride the pony? And it's like, well, now we can't disappoint her.
2: Exactly. We don't want her to be disappointed on one of the days that she's alive. Uh So they go. And Peggy keeps pushing to get her alone, get her alone, get her alone. Finally does, takes out the abacus, because apparently everyone knows how to use the abacus. Uh And starts to ask Alice questions. And Alice refuses to look at her. Uh huh. And she asks her... No,
0: it's Peggy that refuses to look at Alice. And Alice is like, why won't you look at me?
2: Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. uh Why don't you look at me? I've seen enough... She asks her, are you a normal little girl? And uh-huh. Alice says, why would you ask that? Uh-huh. And she gets really mad and starts to walk away. And Patrick and Alice run outside and they're like, what the fuck is going on? And Peggy says, she's not right. You need to bury her. Uh-huh. She, you need to, you need to end this now. And they're like, fuck you, Alice is walking away, and so Patrick says, get the car, we're we're leaving, we're out of here. Mm-hmm. And we didn't mention that one of the other rules was that you couldn't leave the town. Yep. So Alice is just walking towards the edge of town, Patrick is following her, Louise is getting the car. What happens when she reaches the town's edge?
0: Her wounds from when she died start to reappear, and she starts to relive the trauma.
2: And that was kind of a cool
0: moment. It was, And our two main characters are going to completely forget that it even happened, because later on they're going to suggest taking Alice and leaving the town. A little bit. Like, what the fuck? You were right there! It's the reason you stayed! Why on earth would you think that would be an option? It's the stupidest fucking thing.
2: But when they grab her and put her in the car and head back into the town, what happens? They heal. The wounds heal. Yes. So, yes, it's making it very clear. Making it very, very clear it you explicit. cannot leave.
0: <laughs> and yet they're still going to try to leave at the end of the movie, which is going to spur the events of the climax. Mm-hmm. Like.
2: <sighs> but so that night, Arthur shows up and he's like, you need to give up your last day. We need to put her in the ground. Arthur
0: and everyone else. Yeah, they're the whole like, town. They're like, it's like very culty. It's very. Um, Wicker man. Wicker man. I was going to say also. Hot fuzz,
2: a tiny bit, yeah.
0: You know, just like the pleasant older village uh, members who are involved in some sort of weird cult, the great
2: it! <laughs> or Midsummer. Yeah, yeah. I got a ton of Wicker Man. Sure, vibes. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: So obviously, it's really important. They broke a very big rule.
2: We know that you lied about how long ago she died. We also know that you tried to leave. So you gotta, you gotta bury her. every rule. Which, they don't tell us what would happen if they did bury her then. Like, they don't, there's so many things. It's just like, why do they have to give up their last yeah. day? What will happen if they don't? Because they're
0: like, okay, so it's obvious that the implication is that bad things are going to happen. We need to end this right now before anything worse happens, right? And so Patrick's argument and rebuttal to this is, it's just one more day. Come on. And the response is, okay, And they just leave him alone. Pretty much. What the fuck was that? I don't know. Is it dire? Is it important? Or can you just go, "Eh, it's just one more day. What can one more day do? Come (laughs) on.
2: (laughs) Exactly. I don't know. So stupid. I don't know. But anyway. But
0: they need the movie to keep happening. So they need to agree to it.
2: So, oh, we forgot to mention the first Night that they have her back. No, but the second night they have her back after they've come, I don't know. They have sex, and the next day, Alice is like, When's the baby coming? Now, earlier in the film, when Louise was talking to the lady who had lost her daughter, who claimed it was her niece, when she was talking to her, she said to her, Just have another baby. Just have another child to love. She says, I can't. The indication. I thought, was that she meant it emotionally. I can't have another child. I loved my daughter. I cannot simply replace her. But now the indication has become that, no, literally she cannot have any other children. So now it's like, how the fuck did she get pregnant?
0: And when she hears
2: this- her magical daughter, evil daughter came back?
0: I, I guess- But when she hears this from her daughter, she goes, because she's a pharmacist, she has a box of pregnancy tests, which is, okay, fine. She takes the pregnancy test. It's been the next morning. Now, I looked it up. (laughs) Really cheap pregnancy tests can tell you you're pregnant a couple days, like almost a week before your missed period, which means it's weeks after you have sex. Really good pregnancy tests can do it a week after you've had sex. But not the next fucking morning. Nobody bothered to look up this little bit of information. Or they did and they didn't care. I was like, "What? what's she going to find out? They just had sex last night. Anyway.
2: But so, yeah, so th- like I was saying, we know that she killed the dog. We find out that she's been killing other animals like birds and stuff.
0: Oh, the dog thing. So I don't know when it happens, but Luis goes outside and sees something and the camera's on her face and then cameras oh, this
2: upset on you so it much.
0: Did. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about when I say the cinematography. I had to go back and look at it again because I didn't know what I was looking at because they give you a real tight shot of the dog dog's corpse and it's been like you know it's a desiccating corpse so like you know the teeth are really bared its eyes are really sunken it's grotesque and that's immediately where your eyes go and you see the form of a body leaning up against the side of the dog but it's a really small body so i'm thinking wait a minute is this a giant demon dog and she's sleeping on it what's happening here and so i go back and i realize no it's just the corpse of the dog with a Barbie laying on
2: it. Yeah, because earlier she was playing with this Barbie and it was reminding her of her death.
0: And it's, so I totally get it. I misinterpreted it, totally. But. The cinematographer should know where the eye is being drawn in any particular shot. And to me, it's being drawn to the grotesque demon dog face that's (laughs) in the foreground. (laughs) And the fact that your brain just goes, oh, there's a body leaning up against it. And that's all it does. And then moves right on to the next shot. There's no middle distance shot. It just goes straight from Luis's eyes to tight shot on the dog. So like, where are your intermediary shots? (laughs) How do you get the viewer from one point to the next to where they clearly understand what's happening on the screen? And it's it's not like this one thing ruined it for me. It's it's one symptom of many in this movie. They do that a lot. I'll talk about it later. But one of the things that makes it so sloppy is that there are either too few or too many shots in any particular scene. (laughs) Stuff like this is what I'm talking about. This is just an example. Not a big deal. I just rewound it and realized I was mistaken.
2: So there was also a shot where we had to, I knew what had happened. I knew what had happened. And Chris was like, did that just happen? And had to rewind it. And I was like, that is what just happened. We went from a shot of her, I think, looking at the dog to standing up, asking around like, Alice, Alice, to the next scene. So then we cut to something else. And then the next shot of Her, Louise, she is crying and screaming in her car for her daughter. Yeah. And you're just like.
0: Yeah, what just happened?
2: And, and Chris, Chris had to go back. And I was like, no, that's exactly what happened. It's just happened. a very
0: bizarre cut.
2: We went from her wandering around by her house to suddenly crying and screaming in her car. There was no her getting into the car. Uh-huh. There was no buildup to, oh my God, my daughter's missing. I've got to, I've got uh-huh. to search high and just low for instantly her. instantly to
0: panic. And it's not like this movie is avant-garde in any other way. <laughs> I understand you could do that and it would be jarring but it's intentionally jarring and it's like there is no uh, I'm going to use a word I used in a past episode motivation for any of these sort of weird camera decisions no motivation whatsoever and so it throws you but to no benefit of the films it's almost like they didn't know what they were doing (laughs) like if I don't know what I'm what you're doing if I can identify that you don't know what you're doing you really don't know what you're doing
2: Anyway, before Louise can find her, before Patrick can find her, Arthur and the villagers find her. She's also at this point, I think, killed Peggy and probably some other people. Yeah. But so Arthur has tracked her down in the woods and he is trying to... Get her to go back to the trees. That's his thing. Back to the trees. Back to the trees.
0: Back to the trees. Back to the roots. There's some phrase. Back to the trees.
2: Back to the roots. Lie among the trees. Lie among the roots. Yes, something. Something. Back
0: to the trees and lie among the roots. Go back to the trees and
3: lie among the roots. Go back to the trees and lie among the roots. Back to the trees and lie
2: among the. And he puts the clutch on her, and she says that won't work on me. But he also has this weird thing. And
0: again, is she a demon? I don't know.
2: Uh, is there air? <laughs> but And this kind of harkens back to Peggy wouldn't look at her. He keeps telling everyone, don't look at her. Yeah. Because if you look at her, she can trance you.
0: I don't know. Trance
2: you and we, then we've she We've never can seen kill an you? example
0: of that working. Well,
2: we see that she can she we see that when she is looked at by people, they can't like move kind of, and she yeah. can kill them easily that it way. It just feels
0: like a clumsy murder scene instead. Yes. Cuz it's it, not clearly communicated by what we see on screen.
2: Well, he well, they do point out that Peggy wouldn't look at her. Yes. He does say don't look at her, but it is not well communicated what will happen if you do. Because uh-huh. again, yes, she's like looking at them. But it's just a little kid looking at an adult and the Uh adult's just not moving. There's no, there's no movement from Alice. There's no smile on Uh Alice. There's no reason that she looks like I'm controlling you. There's no,
0: yeah, it doesn't look like they're struggling to move and they can't. There's nothing. It just looks like, oh my God, this murderous child. (laughs) And then they die.
2: (laughs) Yes. But so Patrick ends up grabbing her after she's killed some more people. He ends up finding a bunch of dead birds. <laughs> I only have to find the bodies of dead rats to find you.
0: Yes. Interview with a vampire. I know.
2: <laughs> so he he tricks her into coming down. He takes her and she keeps whispering to him. And this was one of the most effective moments yeah. for me is this little daughter whispering to her crying father, like, put me down. I don't want to go Why are you
0: doing this?
2: Why are you doing this? And then student? she
0: says at one point, why are you making me do this? Now, because of everything else she said, the implication is
2: Which was really good. I want to point out this was good. It's fine.
0: It's fine. Why are you making me go back? is what your initial understanding of why are you making me do this. That's your initial understanding of what that means. But then she attacks her father and you realize, "Oh, no, it's why are you making me hurt you?" Yes. Totally fine with that. But how does she hurt him? What does she do? Does she stab him? Does she punch him? It's so unclear because his back is to the camera, I think, at this point or something. You just see him double over. I think she's supposed to be
2: like ripping out his neck, but then he doesn't have a neck wound No, yeah, he doesn't have
0: any wounds. It's like she punched him or something. Yeah. It's very unclear. He just goes down and she's able to get away.
2: And it's really sad because they had this really good moment. Yes. And then it was ruined and then it never got good again. By
0: the poor visual communication.
2: Yes. So then Arthur puts the clutch on him and says it will release you when she's in the ground.
0: Why? Why does it yeah, work that why? way? They've never implied that it would work that way.
2: They've never implied any of that. And why also, Why didn't
0: Alice ever try to put the clutch on them when they tried to, to restrain her in order to communicate that at some point in the story that it has that power?
2: And also, why did they want to stop him from helping... His wife.
0: Because they wanted her to go in the ground and they were worried he wouldn't do it. But everything up to this point has indicated that that's exactly what he was doing.
2: Yes. So then Louise, her plan, and this is a good plan, except that- Except that, why would she willingly walk to her death? She knows. She fucking better know that when she leaves the town, she dies. But she
0: doesn't know that these- wind turbines are the town end marker, but shouldn't there be some sort of sensation, some sort exactly. of feeling? If she's being drawn to the forest, shouldn't she be pushed away from the edge of town or something? But no, why won't you hug me, mommy? I will hug you if you just come here and this stupid idiot child who's now very who's, obviously not a demon.
2: And who's murdered people and animals and, like is too stupid to recognize this. It's okay. a ploy.
0: And so- and this is another thing that doesn't make a lot of sense. Remember what happened last time she left the town. Okay, just think about that. <laughs> so she comes to Louise, who is at the edge of town. Then she gets all the wounds. She screams, she collapses, and it's really hard for Louise to look at. She picks up Alice and then carries her back into the woods.
2: But she's running. I don't think you noticed that she was running and that she was trying to do things quickly. I'm,
0: f- I'm fine with all of that but we do know that when you go when you take her back into the town she heals she wakes up <laughs> it, and she's totally fine it
2: should have happened way sooner than it did
0: and so she takes her into the woods again which is part of town they have dug like a foot deep grave, grave for her and she just like puts the dirt over her very slowly and for whatever reason she's just not waking up even though we've seen this happen before we know exactly how quickly it happens buries her and Louise is crying the whole time that she's putting her daughter in the ground. It's not the peaceful transition that they were promised, but that's because they broke the rules. Yeah, they fucked up. Patrick is there. He's still held by the clutch. And as soon as she goes under the ground, they let him go. And as Louise and Patrick are, are going towards each other, a hand shoots up out of the shallow grave and then pulls Louise down into it. It's like there's a hole in the earth that she's being swallowed up by. Totally fine with that. The body is gone. He tries to dig for them. And Arthur's like, you're not going to find them. They're gone. That was the price for the transgression. You broke the rules. And Louise lost her life as a result. And he's crying with his face in the dirt. And then the next thing we see, no conversation, no nothing. The next thing we see is the ritual happening happening again. And Louise is being pulled out of a body. And she's fully pregnant. So I guess when you're dragged down to hell or wherever the afterlife.
2: Yeah, there's no no indication that it's hell.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's the afterlife, whatever. You're pulled down there and your pregnancy progresses. (laughs)
2: Yeah, you can go on living in this other dimension.
0: They timed it perfectly to where she would be almost ready to give birth.
2: Well, they they waited waited nine nine months. months. He's a doctor. Yeah, no, totally.
0: I get it. But like. The assumption, they just know that that's what's going to happen.
2: Yeah. She comes
0: out fully pregnant. They're having conversations. How is it? How's Alice? Alice is great. Like, she's completely conscious about everything. She's taking a shower. I'm not
2: mad that my daughter pulled me down to my death at all. Yeah, I
0: just get to spend all this time with my daughter. I was going to leave you anyway. (laughs) And... As she's taking a shower, he goes back into their bedroom, and it's it's clear that in a callback to him doing the C-section on the cow, he's prepping all of his tools and a shot in order to knock her out and
2: he's gonna have the kid. So she's gonna go back to death, he's gonna keep their second child. And I guess it's supposed to be a happy ending, but I'm just supposed to be a
0: sinister ending because he turns and he looks at the camera. You know what I'm going to do, and that's where the movie ends. That's where it cuts off, and it's like, whoa, that was cheesy. It's not avant garde, like in Funny
2: Games.
0: (laughs) There's nothing about this movie that is avant garde that would suggest it.
2: It's a big mess. It's a a choice. It's
0: a choice. Yeah, I wrote down this is this was my thought. It's all very interesting. I'm intrigued by this movie, but very sloppy. Too many shots here, too few shots there. Everything is too dark to see. Everything is at once a little too predictable and too arbitrary, which is <laughs> remarkable that they pulled off that balancing act. <laughs> That's kind of my general feelings about this movie. I want to like it. It's very intriguing and I like all the people and I think they do a fine job with the acting and I think it's evocative. I don't mind that it's basically a ripoff of Pet Cemetery. I'm fine with all of that, but the execution is just so sloppy Mm -hmm. that I can't, in good conscience, recommend it. How about you?
2: Yeah, I'm pretty much the same.
0: What do you think it has on Rotten Tomatoes?
2: I would guess this probably has like a 57.
0: Out of 25 reviews, so they don't have a consensus statement, It scores 80.
2: Holy shit.
0: Yeah. Wow. I would be a negative review, I think. I think so. I think I would be an an overall, if you had to say positive or negative, I would be negative. Now, it doesn't directly translate to higher than 50, lower than 50, but obviously 80 is overrated. Yes. What would you give it? I'm going to
2: give it a 50. You know? Just straight down the line. It's very meh. There are some things I liked about it, not a lot, but it's also not super offensive. It's not like I'm no. like mad about it. I, there's just a bunch of like, there's a lot of flaws, just so many flaws, and it it just didn't feel like the cinematographer or the writer cared enough, or the enough.
0: director or the editor or the set designer or whoever is in charge of the lighting. It's just a lot of decisions were made. And personally, I think that they were the wrong ones.
2: Yeah. What are you going to give it?
0: I'll also give it a 50.
2: Okay.
0: I think that's, I mean, I think we we described our feelings at the beginning as well, where it's just like, I can't recommend this.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's not the worst thing in the world. And the reason I'm talking so much about its flaws is it's because it's kind of frustrating that I was on track to liking this.
2: I wanted to like this. Yes. A lot. But it didn't happen.
0: Yeah, it's kind of a bummer. So, yeah, straight down the middle 50 is what I give it to. Oh, man. So two negative movies this week. Yeah. I mean, it's not garbage like Leprechaun 3 was. (laughs) I'm sorry. I understand if if it's so bad, it's fun for you and you like it because of that. But that doesn't make it good. No. Anyway, that is our St. Patrick's Day week on Pod Seven. Happy St. Patrick's, Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Let's shit on the Irish.
2: Oh, hey, I'm Irish. <laughs> hey, I'm Irish too. And also, we've watched a lot of good Irish horror We movies. have. We really have. Grabbers is great. Grabbers is fantastic. And nobody listens
0: to that episode. Grabbers is fantastic, although it does rely heavily on, isn't it funny when Irish people get drunk? Right. But it is an Irish movie, so it is their decision to make.
2: Right. And it's very funny, <laughs> and it's good, and nobody listens to that episode.
0: You Go listen to Grabbers for St. Patrick's Day. This, this week was a wash. Go listen to the <laughs> Grabbers episode. <laughs> anyway, that is uh, St. Patrick's Day week on Pod Cemetery. What are we watching next week, Kelsey?
2: Before I say what we're watching next week, there are a couple of listeners I would like to make shout outs to.
0: Oh, okay.
2: I am very sorry that I. Okay, I, the last couple weeks, guys, I couldn't find my uh, schedule. And I just did it by memory. Uh-huh. And I did not remember that there were listeners who had wanted us to watch some of the movies that we've watched. Uh-huh. So, for example, to Samuel, I would like to say, I hope you enjoyed our Blair Witch episode. He wanted us to watch thank Blair you, Witch. Samuel. So, thank you, Samuel. Also, Harry, I wanted to say, uh, I hope that you enjoyed our interview with the vampire episode.
0: Oh, I mean, you didn't have to recommend it. Kelsey would watch it anyway, but yes. thank you very much, Harry.
2: Yes. And next week is a recommendation week. All right. Where we are going to watch two different movies that have been recommended by two different people. And I cannot tell you guys why I decided to put these together because I, I made this list a long time ago. I don't really remember. But I am positive that there was a reason. Like, for example, Leprechaun 3 and Wakewood. What would you guess is the reason that I put them together? They're Irish. Well, that, but also, Day. what do both movies have in common?
0: Oh, um, Monkey's Paw scenarios.
2: Yes. Wishes that go wrong. Yeah. So, there's always something, so I'm sure there is a reason that I put these two movies together. Uh, we are going to watch Jeffrey's recommendation of The Others.
0: Oh. So, this is going to be a little bit more... Ooh. Mm. <laughs>
2: I, I, think, know, I, think I know I know the have plot a ghost twist week. of the others. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I think we have a ghost week coming out uh-huh. next week. Um the others, so thank you Jeffrey and I think a lot of people have recommended the others, but I've only written Jeffrey Jeffrey's here. name is written
0: down. He must have gotten to it first.
2: Probably. But I think a lot of people want us to watch the others. Okay. And Peter's recommendation hey, Peter. of well, I think it, I don't know which Peter. We have this a lot. Is.
0: We have a couple different Peters. We
2: have a couple of different Peters. <laughs> Lake
0: Mungo. Oh. This is one that I've heard of a lot and I've never seen. Me too. So I'm interested to see this. I, I know practically a- nothing about it, mm-hmm. but I've heard things.
2: I think we have a ghost week next
0: week. Okay. Awesome. Yes. That is next week with the others and Lake Mungo. <laughs> I guess we're going to have to find out why you put those two. There. Maybe it's because they're ghosts. I don't know. But I think that's it's ghosts. It's so weird. <laughs> That is next week. Until then, you can always find us on our website, podcemetery.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at Podcemetery. We put a lot of extra content on our Twitter. So we talked a lot about the visual stuff going on in this movie. So if you want to see what I'm talking about, make sure you follow us there. I'll be posting as we edit the episode. Don't forget to subscribe in your podcatcher of choice. Rate and review. A five-star written review is the biggest help you can give us when it comes to that. Even more helpful than that is sharing us with your friends and even better than that is listening in the gd first place. Thank you all very very much. We love each and every one of you. Until next week, I've been Chris.
2: I've been Kelsey.
0: And this has been Pod Cemetery. But before we go, Kelsey, any last words?
2: I smell me shilling. Tell me where it is or there'll be another killing.
0: And and just to preempt the comments, because we get a lot of these comments that were too nitpicky or that we we care too much that there are questions that are asked and never answered and things like that. And it's like, you know, this is how. This is what we do. We like to analyze the movies. We could just shut our brains off and then not comment on anything. Like, but then what would the show be? Movie good, movie bad. Like, you know what I mean? I'll put this at the end of the episode. (laughs) (laughs) We're not idiots. You know what I mean? We miss things sometimes, but so does everyone. And if you so clearly miscommunicate something that you're confusing the audience, that's a bad thing. You've done a bad thing. Part of creating art is clearly communicating an idea. Unless that idea you're trying to communicate is confusion, if you've confused your audience, that's a bad thing.
2: Well, maybe not necessarily. I mean, some people want to have abstract ideas and they want you to have to work to get to it.
0: Absolutely. But that's my point. Unless your objective is to be confusing, confusing your audience is bad.
2: I don't know that making someone strive to find the, the point of your art means that you want to be confusing. I'm not an art critic, right? So when I look at art, mm-hmm. I know there's something I'm missing, mm-hmm. right? And I don't blame the artist for that.
0: I think you can. I, I hear where you're coming from. I do. But if you make art that's only to be consumed by art critics, then what the fuck good is your art? I think you can absolutely blame the artist for being exclusionary. Couldn't you say that about, like,
2: Pollock? When I look at that, I think it's pretty. Uh (laughs)
0: Uh-huh.
2: I don't get anything else out of it. But there are people that get so much out of it. And who am I to say you're ridiculous for getting something out of something that I don't?
0: I see where you're coming from. But that said... Especially when it comes to Pollock, I think those paintings are not worth millions of dollars. I think it's absolutely ridiculous that people pay millions of dollars for something a two-year-old could do.
2: Well see, a lot of people would argue that the the colors he uses
0: and the way that he was would put things on their way. That's rationalization after the fact. That's all that is. Oh, it just happened to turn out that way. And they're like, oh, look, it's genius. He thought from the beginning, this color with this color is going to communicate this emotion. It's like, no, he just thought cool colors, splashy, splashy. And now people buy them for millions of dollars.
2: Okay, but you understand that you feel when we talk about like Kubrick. Mm -hmm. You think that there's genius behind every move and I don't.
0: I think, the fact I think
2: that sometimes he lets the chips fall where they may and is, is happy that they look cool.
0: Sure. No, and that's very possible. But he is also somebody that does a hundred takes of a single interaction. He's obviously looking for something very specific.
2: And how many times do you think Pollock threw away his art that he didn't like?
0: I think there's so much of Pollock's art out there, I don't think he threw away very much at all. <laughs> he was just the first person to do it and people... Just really want to suck the his ghost off. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Obviously, this isn't going in the heart of the episode. We'll put this at the end too. <laughs> Kelsey, can you say something?
2: Test, test. One, two, three.
0: One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve.
2: Who knows? Maybe he's going to Davis. Nothing against Davis. <laughs>
1: What was that? It came out of nowhere. Just take that out.
2: <laughs> it's like the cheapest big one. slam
0: on Davis out of nowhere. <laughs> Super cheap, <laughs> but it's it's a it's a state school, so you have to have lived here to get that. You otherwise, you're paying out of state costs, mm. and it's more expensive.
2: Mm. Anyway. back to the to to the Vegas (laughs) I mean this movie does not care about Irish Irish Irish
0: the normal actress uh, as the beautiful virgin of her virgin I was trying to correct myself and prevent myself from saying virgin and then I just doubled down on it
2: remember what the computer said (laughs) Yep. (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) what do I want I want health care for every American. Yeah, <laughs> but let's talk about what I need. Yeah, do you have health insurance? Yeah. This is
0: very important. It could be life or death. Do you have health insurance? Down here at the pond, yap 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 yap. You know something, sweetheart? <laughs> this could be the beginning of a beautiful friendship.
2: Every moment of him before he turns into a va- into a vampire into a leprechaun.
0: I mean, that's not going to be in the movie. So every moment before he turns into a leprechaun. Is that gonna be in the movie? Yes.
2: What's his name, Harry Potter? Can't think of his name. Wormtail.
0: Wow. He it's not even in his known for movies.
2: Harry Potter? Yeah. But yeah, he's Wormtail. Can't remember what his real name is.
0: It just says Wormtail.
2: What a bunch of bullshit. Mm -hmm. I feel like a bad fan right now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hold on. I'll look it up.
2: When you say it, I'm gonna be so mad.
0: Oh, you are. You're gonna be real mad. Are you ready? Yeah. Peter Pettigrew.
2: (laughs) Yep. Yep. So she saw them the first day, so it's been a day, so now she's only seeing them on the third day, so it's been a day.
0: Praise the Lord and send in your money, otherwise you're all doomed to hellfire and damnation for fornicating with the devil's harlot. Especially you, Mitch, you're a prime offender. But before we go, Kelsey, any last words? Nope. Nope. No last words. Could you imagine someone's going to kill you or you're on death row? You're being brought to your death and they ask you, do you have any last words? And you're like, oh, shit, I was supposed to think of last words.